you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 252. On tonight, episode... Fat Manly played Warhammer. Like the Fat Manly played Warhammer. Actually the game. Not building a model. Not reading a book. Not recording a show. He played Warhammer. And then his son came home from college and he played Warhammer. And that's even been longer for him. So now these two fools are on the microphone telling you, oh, look, we're playing the game we don't know how to play together. Shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage, you tools, for the next couple of hours. Or thereabouts. Uh, I'm going to do the best I can to keep you informed, entertained, and have maybe a couple of laughs while we're doing this. Um, Bringing you... Night Haunt and Lumineth Realm Lords and the Phoenix Prince. I am your host, David Whitek. Alex Gonzalez is off for the evening. He's got uh, well, he's got a life <laughs> and uh, you know, kids and stuff. I guess so. Um, I had Harrison here, and while Alex is actually reading Marathi for the next episode. Harrison and I um, are doing an episode talking about uh, well, Age of Sigmar and playing Warhammer with each other and uh, his Lumineth Realm Lords, which we have found are pretty good, I think. So he's going to be on the show in just a bit. First, let me go through the basics here. Um, we have Patreon patrons we should be thanking. Oh, no, we have sponsors we should be thanking. I can't even read... My notes when I'm alone, apparently. So here we go. Let's not screw this up anymore. Uh, our sponsors, Kazork Superstore, Kazork Superstore, Kazork Superstore, Kazork Superstore, as well as Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs. And as you'll hear in the abbreviated toolbox, oh, they are lifesavers. Cherry lifesavers, no less. The best kind. Um, and then also to Grognard Games, because as you know, there's always something happening at Grognard's. That's right. I have a bell. Um, all right. And then uh, I also should thank the Patreon sponsors. Our associate producers, Dwight Swims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie, and Mike Postian. Our executive producer, Colin Miller. And our newest patron, who is actually not a new patron, but our newest patron because he has returned back as an associate producer, Big Jake. So we got Big Jake back as well. And thank you to everyone, uh, each and every one of you who are... Um, helping out the show by being part of the almost 1%. Um, you guys make the show really possible, and um, I appreciate how much you think it's worth. Now, if in case you didn't know this, um, we have voicemail, okay? And uh, it's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's right, that's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Voicemail. And guess what? We got voicemails. We actually got voicemails. Um, and they're not even that long. So I am going to play um, the first voicemail. And this is from a new listener. So that makes me excited. Not only that they called the voicemail, but that they're a listener. So uh, I'm going to play this one for you right now. Hi, this is Kevin calling from Victoria, BC, uh, Canada. Um, new listener, uh, but really interested. I was wondering if you might have some thoughts about um, power creep and uh, how Games Workshop might work to, you know, identify it and then make some solutions. 
Uh, specifically, I was thinking of myself, who's a relatively new player. I picked up a bunch of retributors um, for the Stormcast Eternal, uh, only to find out that Fabricators are pretty much better in every single way. Anyway, love the show. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Okay. Oh, boy. So you actually had a question, Kevin, and usually that's why we have Alex around, someone who knows something about this game who can answer the questions. Uh, power creep, I mean, uh, look, power creep's going to happen. It always happens. And then, But the nice thing is in this game it usually balances out because they're putting out a new book every, like, three months, except for this year, obviously, because everybody has to stay home. Um, I don't know how many books they put out this year. I think only, like, four. And you're saying only four, you know? Like, oh, really? Four? I mean, we got the Realm Lords, and we got the... And we got the uh, Sons of Bamot. Did, did we get one before that? Maybe not. I don't remember. I'm just old and don't remember things. Uh, Kevin, yeah. Uh, you got Retributors, and then the Evocators are kind of... Yeah, well... And that's the problem with the Stormcast, is they have a whole bunch of... They, they've got guys for every single type of situation. Um, I would say with that, that's more of, I don't know, get either get some proxies or get something in to figure out your play style, especially with the Stormcat. They have so many, so many units. Um, but if you want to talk about power creep, wait till we <laughs> check out this army over here that we're going to talk about later because, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. <sighs> That's a good question, and I will, I will post uh, your question. I will paraphrase your voicemail and put it up on the the Garage Hammer Facebook page, because this is just way out of my my league as far as a question that I might even possibly be able to answer. So, uh, sorry, I don't have a better answer than that, Kevin. Thank you for listening, and we will get your answer up on the Facebook page. If I get some good answers there, I'll read them at the beginning of next episode. Um, that we uh, that we cover um, when we go through the the intro to the show. Oh, and then we got a call from everybody's favorite. Uh, another call from Captain Scurvy in New York City. So here we go. Hi, Mister Wyzek. Hi, Mister Gonzalez. This is Captain Scurvy in New York City. So exciting news. Mrs. Admiral Scurvy and I are expecting a little pirate in March. I know Yay! you're both parents, and that cues up my first question. What are some things I can do for my little girl while she's still in utero to introduce her to Warhammer and help get her started in the hobby? I've been poking around online, but there's frankly a surprising lack of content on this subject, so I'm hoping you can provide some expert guidance. Second question. Broken Realms Marathi is upon us. As of the date of this voicemail, we don't have a ton of information yet. I've got the book on pre-order. I can't wait to rip into it, but I'm also eyeing the Shadow and Pain boxed set plus the four new Broken Realms boxes. I'd love to get your thoughts on the Shadow and Pain box set and those four boxes specifically. Are they good values? Are either of you getting them? And then, of course... Any impressions you have on the evolving Marathi story? I'll hang up and take the answer off the air. Thanks, as always, to you both. Stay safe. This is Captain Scurvy signing off. I love that Captain Scurvy's going to hang up and take the answer off the air, like that was a like like it was a live call-in show. Someday, maybe, but no, not now. Um, all right, so. 
Yeah, Marathi is uh, Marathi's out. We're covering that book next episode. And as far as the different boxes, I don't know if Alex is buying them. Uh, I am sticking with my Night Haunt and the Ogres and my Death Army and now the Lumineth Realm Lords Army in my house. I got enough armies, so I am not looking to jump into one of the two news. But the story, definitely been reading it, um, and I'm enjoying it. And like I said, we'll have that episode out very shortly, the lore episode. And then Alex and I will talk in the war episode about the kits you can buy and the game gaming you can do and uh, the type of value for what's in there. Uh, that's actually coming up. Um, in fact, that's... Next episode is Marathi Lord. Next episode after that's Marathi War. Next episode after that is 2020 in Review. That ought to be an interesting show. Um, reviewing the Games Workshop and the hobby over the past 12 months. Um, let's see if I can't get our our usual reliable standby guest host for that particular episode to pop in and, uh, and get things going. Um, all right. So I guess that's everything. All right. Um, so here's uh, what we're going to do is now that I've done the voicemail and all this, uh, I'm going to go to commercial. And then when we come back, I will have Harrison on and we're going to talk about Harrison. Uh, like I said, coming back to play Age of Sigmar after four years difference. It's a very different game. He's very much like, I'm not certain what I'm doing. And I said, of course, you're not as a new game. And he said, I know that. And then we've been talking about that. Um, but I think I think he likes the new way to play. I think he likes that it's simpler, although he feels like his army has a super unfair advantage uh, in being that he's so awesome and they're so awesome, and together they're unstoppable. Like like all five parts coming together to make Voltron. He's like the he's the Warhammer Voltron, coming all back together in a big fiery show. So you were thinking he I, oh I'm old. He was thinking Megazord. Now I hate you now. Okay, listen, we're going to do a live read commercial, and then we're going to get into the show, all right? And I know I don't do these too often, but I want to talk about what's happening at Grognards. Um, uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, as you may know. And so right now, um, all week, this week, and, you know, into the weekend, I'm supposing is Black Friday weekend, they've, they've got uh, store-wide 15% off for their, instead of just a Black Friday sale. Uh, new Blood Bowl 3rd Edition and all the new Blood Bowl items and teams are available for pre-order now and can be picked up in the store starting Saturday. Now, I usually don't do stuff this timely, but uh, especially when I'm putting an episode out so darn late. But Saturday is November 28th, and there's new Blood Bowl stuff. And if you don't have yours, you can call Grognards now and have them hold it for you. They're going to have all that stuff. Um, but they've got all the Blood Bowl stuff coming in. I, my maw pot should be in hopefully next week. They ordered me one for Kira's army because I never bought one. Um, and, oh, I'm just so excited. I am so excited. Um, I, Harrison and I went over there the other day. He picked up uh, Lumineth Realm Lord's uh, War Scroll cards. And we went through the store. We're just looking at all the all the stuff they have because they've got all the paints and all the models, all the different games. And then those games that Harrison and I own that – you don't even see them anymore. It's been so long since Harrison's been there. He's like, this game is dead. I'm like, oh, I don't see it being sold in any stores. Like, oh, wow. I didn't even know the game went away. Um, and then here we are picking up other stuff. But store-wide discounts, uh, Warhammer, 40K, Blood Bowl, Warcry, um, uh, Underworlds, um, Kill Team, 
uh, they got everything. Okay, let me put it this way: they have everything that I can think of there from Warhammer, except any copies of Dreadfleet. That's that's Grognards. That's what they got. So, um, if you are in the Chicagoland area, or even if you're a little farther, call them up because I know they do shipping too. So there's always something happen at Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. Okay, back to the show. Wow, look at me just going and going and going. Full steam. Um, so I'm going to have Harrison come on in just a second. The uh, Phoenix Prince, so-called, uh, is going to be coming on. And what we're going to do is be talking about this stuff. But I'm just so excited that he's back and that he's on the show. And um, I'm going to let you have a little secret. He's one of those people who doesn't like hearing his own voice. So he's already a little nervous. So... Uh, I'm just going to ease him into the show. Just gonna, I'm going to bring him in nice and easy, and I'm going to call him over to his mic and get him to turn his mic on, and we're going to just ease him into uh, the episode here, and we'll start talking about Warhammer. So, okay, ready? Okay, Harrison, turn on your mic! Ready? Yeah. Yeah, there he is, folks. The Phoenix Prince. Of course, did you hear that? Yeah, Dad. Yeah. You know... Uh, Dad, uh, so I'm ready to talk now on the show. Dude, he, okay, you're like 20 in a few weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're 20 in a few weeks. You are going to be, you, in a few weeks, will be two decades. And then in another 12 months, you'll be able to go out and, like, buy beer legally. You've been on the show since we started it over 10 years ago, which means since you're not quite 20... You have now been involved in this show in some way or another for over half your life. So everyone else who can who's listening to that can feel, you know, just a bit older. Yeah, but no yeah. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, so yeah, that math checks out. <laughs> that math does check out. So okay, now you came back and I showed you the mini rule book and I got the big core rule book so you can look through and look for lore and stuff like that. And we've talked lore before. I mean, you were on a few. Months ago, or like, was it a month ago? I have n- I have no idea when it was. But that was for the when we talked the lore for the Lumineth Realm Lords. Yeah, yeah, we were we were on for that. I was just I don't remember exactly when it was. <laughs> you know, time doesn't exist in quarantine. Well, oh, yeah, well that's true. Um, but so you 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 read the Realm Lords, but we hadn't played any games because right after you got it, you had to leave for school. Oh, it had to be a few months ago because you just you had just left for school. Yeah, it was. No, it was before that. No, because when you went to school, I remember oh, yeah, saying, just "Oh, hey, he left, left his book here." And then I was like, "Oh, he doesn't really want to play. He left his book here." And you're like, "No, I just forgot my book." And so I was like, uh, "Okay." The actual the actual explanation is, yeah, where am I going to play Warhammer in my tiny ass apartment? Well, that might be true too, but I figured you would want to read the lore and read the rules. So when you came home, you'd be like, "I read all these rules. I memorized them. Now I'm going to up your butt." Again, for the game I don't know how to play. Yeah, well, that's true. So um, so you've had a couple games now, though. I have. I've had a couple games now. You have had a couple games now. And um, we are definitely going to get into the, I guess, a little bit more the minutia of playing the game uh, in a little bit. But before that... Uh, I just thought we could talk a little bit about just Age of Sigmar in general, because you haven't played since you haven't played Second Edition at all. I haven't played First Edition. I haven't played since Eighth Ed Fantasy. 
You wait. No, you did play a few games when it first started. When it first came out, you played a few games with me, like literally five years ago. Uh, no, because they were like the split this two split these two units of Stormcast and then smash them against each other to figure out how the rules work. That's not a game, so no, that doesn't count. Oh no, we played that, but you played your high elves, but then that's like they didn't actually get real rules. I did not play my high elves. You didn't. I have not touched them since they had fantasy. You didn't play any of those things except those learning games? I have not played anything for this game. Anything. Okay, so what you're saying is... <laughs> let me get this straight. Okay, picture a game. Yeah. Haven't played it. Okay. So, that that's 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 the that's the how it breaks down. So I've literally been saying you haven't played this game in a couple of years, and I've been saying that pretty much as we've been talking all week in this, and no, not, like not once did you correct me to say I actually haven't played this game at all. No, when you said I haven't played this game in five years, I just assumed that's how long the game had been out, so I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played 8th Ed Fantasy right before this came out, so I was like, yeah, it's been about five years. We are 17 minutes into a hot mess of a show. Here I am, the interviewer, coming in completely unprepared. So you have nothing to base this on except fantasy. Absolutely nothing. No wonder you were freaking out when we were playing the games. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more rules in this game. There's a lot. See, and that's the funniest thing, because I don't feel like there's... I, I, I never thought of it as a lot more rules, because the actual rules section of the game is short, but the war yeah, scrolls... Yeah, but I can like memorize tables super easily, as opposed to memorizing a whole bunch of different war scrolls, which aren't really related to each other. I mean, well, they are related to each other. They're all from the same army. They're just, but they're each individual, which... Yeah, but I just know the table of weapon skill versus ballistic skill and everything. <laughs> See, now I'm starting to figure out why you were getting so freaked out when we were playing on that second game, why you are getting stressed out. Because I didn't realize that you had not played this. It, that was the oh, that was the box set that Games Workshop sent us when it first came out. It was the box set that Games Workshop sent you early because they wanted you to be able to res- to talk that, about the game. That was the what the yeah it was the ten Stormcast and the thirty corn uh, uh, Bloodbound. Yeah, and or I think and I think I had to play Bloodbound, which was like the worst part ever because you know. Chaos Warrior is not my thing. Well, we kept flipping back and forth, just playing both of them, just trying to. But we just literally just played the demo. Yeah, it was like games. a unit versus like maybe two units. Uh huh. So I guess yes, you can say I've played a couple six hundred-ish point games. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And not I, even like three hundred, whatever. Well, and the game's a lot different then, so that that is part of why. Got to move my microphone here for a second. Hold on. So that's part of why that was happening that way. All right, now I get it. Um, but so now, okay, now that this is going to be much more interesting, actually, to me. This is this is uh, better than just saying what do you think. Of, so, what did you like about the game? What did you like about Age of Sigmar? I like I, I like the fact that we've kind of abandoned rank and file. Okay. Rank and file is, you know. Well, except for your army, because. Well, yeah, except for my army, but I still don't have to, like, deal with the problems that that inevitably come with a rank and file game. Okay. It's nice that you're able to just. Having more unit fluidity, I think, is a very valuable tool, especially for a player like me who plays very heavily in the movement phase. 
So having that large amount of fluidity inside my units, even though I can't use it for most of the game because I play Shining Companies, uh, I think that's a very valuable thing to have. Okay. So you like that the, you, 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 you're, uh, the comfort level of changing from rank and flank to... Yeah, I never had... Not quite skirmish level. Yeah, but I know the there were a bunch movement. of people who were very upset about losing rank and flank. I thought it was just kind of a, it was kind of a nightmare to deal with anyway. That was one of the things you actually really liked about 40k. <laughs> Dad, those was, guys don't have to put them on those movement trays. They can just put them out there. And, like, you know, you get charged, and, yeah, you just turn around and fight. Like, if I get charged in the side, I'm not going to just sit there and get stabbed in the side. I'm going to try to stab you from my front. Well, obviously, the, I mean, it's not like they didn't turn. It's a representation. Let's not be silly. Yeah, but I still got penalties and stuff for it. Yeah, because they managed to get around into your side where you're less protected. Yeah, except that I should have seen them coming and then immediately shifted to that. It makes more sense this way. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you've got that with your movement, and that anything else that uh, that you appreciated a little bit. I know the once you got used to, I just did. I like that magic is not completely insane like it was in Aethed because magic was completely insane in Aethed, and this it's a lot it's we, a lot more balanced. I think we were talking about that the other day when you're like and i totally forgotten about that how many dice do you get you 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 can roll x amount of dice total for your magic phase how do you figure it out you roll 2d6 you get both your the defender the opponent gets what whatever's on the highest die so you could have up to 12 and 6 between the two and then cast however many dice you know to you need to try to cast that spell and get those it was it was it was uh I there were so many games I won because I got off like a really awesome chain lightning or threw a purple sun at the right time or something like that. I very rarely threw purple suns at the right time. I mostly played Lore of Heavens, but like throwing a chain lightning or a comet at the exact right time literally would completely derail games. Or I could throw it at the on like turn one and then immediately stop the game in its tracks because it just went off phenomenally. I don't think something like that really happens anymore, and I like that because well, that's at least pretty it hasn't in an hour game. You've literally played two games. Yeah, but even like the generic like spell lores in the book don't seem that crazy. No, it's it's not as bad. Plus, you don't get to throw necessarily nearly as many spells depending on what you're putting together. I mean, there no, are there, were, there are no like wizard levels or whatever that there used to be. Right. So. We've got that. I, I One of the things I know you liked was you're sitting there and it's like, wait, I just roll this to hit? Yeah, that's your hit roll. It's That's whatever it says on the card. Just, that's what you got. Well, what about, no, don't worry about me. That's your hit roll. And that's your wound roll. Again, as yeah, someone uh, who used to have the tables of weapon skill, ballistic skill memorized, uh, this, was a, this was a welcome change. So, what? Yeah, four plus, not... Me having to compare our two and see who's better at hitting, and then it's inevitably not me, and then things go badly. Great. <laughs> the uh, no, we actually played with a lot of a lot of uh, pieces of terrain, but none of like no forest or things that were. Uh, so you didn't have a lot of cover. Yeah, in the game, so we weren't playing with that. So that that kind of it helped cut down on the distractions of what we also didn't play with the terrain rules, which is something else that gets introduced. All of the crazy terrain 
It's not uh, crazy. There's just rules for the different. Yeah, and you have things. to roll for every piece. Uh, Once you know the whole there game, no, is there nothing that's just like a regular building in this world? I find it highly unlikely that everything is magical. The realms are made from pure magic. It's literally the eight winds of magic that formed the realms. The realms are... And Middle-earth was sang into existence. It doesn't mean going to a hobbit hole is going to be like the most magical experience of your... Actually, that probably would be. It's not like going to some <laughs> random tavern is going to be the most magical experience of your life. Well, I mean, and not everything is, but on the battlefield with all the stuff, plus you haven't been keeping up with the lore. And once the Necroquake happened, magic went haywire again, which is where you have those big endless spells that we haven't been playing with except the one that I gave you. Yeah. Mm, endless spells. Okay. See, but you okay? You, I'm just, I'm throwing this one out there. You've had two games so far. Once you learn to use the game, and what, how what was what was the like one eighth at endless spell? Purple sun that like ruined. It wasn't days? an endless spell. These spells stay on the board, and that purple sun to have that as an endless spell. Yeah, and it ruins days. I don't like it when things ruin days. And not it doesn't so much. There are some spells that you can use in, in real good ways, but the endless spells are just cool things that you can throw out that will stay on the board and keep causing havoc. Or cause your opponent to spend some of his casting to try if he doesn't disp- if he if he can't stop it when it's before it happens, he's got to spend one of his actual casting attempts to take it out later, which is cool because it's this big powerful magic and you're draining away some of their magical their attention, their use of magic to go and, and handle it. Strategically, it's actually pretty cool. I don't know if I'm a fan. Well, we'll see. It, yeah, it all honestly, like, I'm... See, now I'm going to have to write some of them into my list so that I can womp on you with them and be like, there you go, check this out. Yeah, I'll just dispel them. Look at that. <laughs> Every, so? Everybody's a wizard. Woo. Literally just complaining that you can't ever get any good rolls. Now you're just going to dispel everything I throw at you. Uh, well, yeah, again, this is why you play techless. Minimize the random. Just decide it doesn't happen. This is the... No, but that's not for dispels. He's got one he can just do automatically. Yeah, he can in also immediately unbind an endless spell on his turn. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he can do that. So, But I'll get it off for my turn. I'll get it off, and it'll happen for my turn, and that's all that matters. Is that all that matters? It, uh, Are you saying that it wouldn't matter at all if you had it for a second turn? I, actually, I find that highly unlikely. Actually, if I was playing Stormcast and throwing that comet down... I do more. It does damage every turn, but it does the most damage when it lands. If you keep dispelling it, I can keep throwing it. And you're like, I'm dispelling this. And I'm like, I'm getting you for it. Yep. Is that how that works? That is literally how that works. When you have an endless spell and you cast it while it's on the. You can't cast it. You can't have more than one. You can't throw more than one out onto the table because that's how it works. While it's happening, it just has to keep happening. And you can't throw another one. But once it's dispelled, I can cast it again. Because then I have that model. That's the rules. You can't have them both on table. Dang, you're right. I should probably just shoot all the wizards off the table. Also, the archers can just like take off entire characters in one turn. What what is happening? Well, that's your army, and we'll get to that when we talk about realm lords, especially fighting off my night hunt. Which I found my night hunt to be surprisingly effective compared to some of the other armies I've seen play against. With the, you, yeah, yeah, they. They gave me a run for my money. Well, when it came to grabbing objectives and stuff, because there were just so many of them, you had to come in and try to kill them. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, 
a lot more terrain on the table. Um, your models are more fluid. And oh, how about the models, by the way? Because you don't the models ever pay attention. Are You're like, so nice. <laughs> Uh, taking uh, taking the the pikes off of the table is you know not fun at all, but they are beautiful. Yeah, and then you got to finally see my night haunt up close because you haven't just been. I mean, you haven't played. You like I sit down here and I'm building and painting stuff, but you're never really into it. So as you start looking at all the ter- all the new Sigmar terrain I put out too, the big to- the big uh, buildings and some of the temple pieces. You're like, oh, the terrain looks really nice. The guys look really. It it. In the five years since you've played, the game has gotten just much more, I think, epic looking on the table. The game's also gotten bigger because I did not realize that my my elves are now standing on 32 mil bases when I was expecting them to be approximately, you know, the same size as my old elves, which were on 20s. On 20 millimeter squares, too, which is like that looks that's even tinier. Than the twenty mil rounds. Oh, actually, it's not tinier, is it? No, it's no. much smaller. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, no, they didn't have twenty mil rounds. I don't think for forty k. I think the smallest they had was a twenty five. Well, I'm just saying mathematically. Right. Like the math doesn't work. Right. No, but still, yeah, the rounds th- are definitely bigger. Now you're on thirty twos. <laughs> now they're on thirty twos, and they are big. <laughs> yeah, but it does make for a much nicer. Uh, look, plus with the slightly larger, you know, there's more there's more room to to, to do stuff. They're so nice. They all look so nice. You can have a more dynamic pose when you have a bigger base to stand in, and you don't have to all stand rank and flank, feet together, standing up straight like you're at attention. Yeah, yeah, you can like actually be dynamic. Yeah, your Crazy, spear guys right? don't. Your spear guys don't all have to be standing with their, you know, or most of them standing with the spear. You know, the foot of the, the end of the spirit and next then to their the, foot straight up. And then, up. like, four who are pointing forward are always in the front because if you put them anywhere else, you'll never get it out. Yeah. Or you put them in the back because they're leaning forward. Those are leaning forward a little too much. And when the guy tries to move his movement tray with all his models into it, they get in the way. These get in the way, which means a lot of your guys Sometimes are actually facing Sometimes I would stick them backwards. on the sides. That way the spears would stick out a little bit and keep me away from other units. Oh. That was... Just weird little ways of getting around badly made models. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You had 20 mil, 20, 20 mil square bases for your old high elves. Oh, yeah. 20 mil square bases. Everybody was on them. And now you're on 32 mil rounds. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Man, I wish we still had a couple of your old elves just to kind of put them next to these and just compare them. I was kind of interested in looking at the old elf archers because... Even you though built yours weird, some of them too. <laughs> yeah, I did. Whoops, whatever. Uh, but like, I was just thinking, like the proportions, like the bows are proportionally much larger on these than on the old ones too. So it's just like oh, they yeah. look more menacing. Yeah, you have a yeah, you have a gorgeous army. Well, so plus bows have strings now, like on the model, like. What? Yeah. Well, that's when you got a good quality model like that. You could put those on there, and it looks really nice. Um, so now you've had two whopping games. Um, one of the things we talked about that really confused you was the changing up of how the different phases work. I don't like the magic phase happening before the movement phase. I don't like that at all. Why is that? Well, for one thing... 
for one thing, when you're actually like when the uh, magic phase happens second, for what uh, you can start by positioning yourself where you actually need to be, which seems really advantageous. Um, but then it just like it feels like just having the movement phase first would is able you're able to set everything up, then get your magic going, and then start fighting. Like, it feels like a more logical progression. I don't know. I mean, I, when they change it up, I mean, I... Well, think about it. Your magic phase is going to do one of two things. You're either going to augment your own troops, or you're going to... Uh, in, or you're going to attack your opponent in some way. Which means either you're going to move, augment your troops, shoot, and then fight, or you will move, do damage shoot and then fight. Sure, so now you're breaking the game up into like three into th- two or three distinct phases that like there's nothing there's no um it's like you're not there's no doing damage then move then shoot then fight like that No, it doesn't I like break this it up into because two now parts. guess what? Now you got to think about your spells and stuff before you deploy to start the game. You're coming in with your guys charged up and ready to do their magic. You got to deploy them where you're going to need it, where they're going to do their best work, and then you got to think about that for the turn ahead. Except now, that's after not everything's how done, any sort of like actual like battle would happen. All right. Well, I, I don't. I'm not going to argue with you with that because I have no. Like, like why? Why break up the beats of the game? I don't know. It, it seems logical to me. There's your like, prepar- There's your preparatory beat, and then there's there's your your combat beat essentially. Like there's the main the two main beats of the game where you're prepping to do combat and then doing combat. Except now you're, like, doing damage while prepping before you actually do all your other damage. Kind of strange. I think that's such a little detail. No, it's not important. I just... It's strange, and I don't really understand the reason for the decision. Mm. Well, once you get used to it, you won't even care. Because I never even think of that. Never (laughs) even think about that. Um... And then you wait, I can move and shoot? Well, yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> that was I, your next part. Then you moved, and it's like, oh, shooting phase. Like, oh, these guys moved. I'm like, so? And they can't shoot if they run. Yeah, but I also can't run anyway, so. Well, half of your army can. Okay, well, the half of my army that can run is also not shooting things, so that's well, irrelevant. Your bowman, yeah, your bowman can't run, but. That's the price you pay. But the whole point that you can move and shoot is... is that is a, really good. That was a surprise. <laughs> so funny that you're like, wait, I can do what? I'm like, yeah. You can move well, and shoot in the old game. Well, then I get an extra six inches on my range first turn, which I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you get... No, this game this game does not... This game moves pretty quick. And a lot of the magic, I know, is short range, but that also helps make a lot of the first turn stuff. You sort of get yourself ready, defend yourself, and get ready to move in. Um, and then once you're once you're really tucked in, it makes you advance and try to get in there and try to play the objectives and try to get in and not just ha- not just sit back. You can sit back sometimes, but even you have to like move and grab the objectives and position yourself and then get set. No, definitely. Like that makes sense. That that's not surprising at all. Like that's generally how I expected this to be, and that's how Eighth Ed used to be when you did play with objectives, which wasn't as often, but yeah, right. makes sense. So and that was I think that was also surprising to you when we were flipping through and looking at all of the different scenarios and all the different setups, and I, t- I have two different books. Going I wasn't I wasn't surprised that like they existed. I was just kind of surprised that people played them. 
Well, because what did we do in Aethed besides pitch battle? Right, and now Not all of these thing. are different. Now, now these are just called pitched battles in general. They were playing pitched battles, and these are the different battle plans. But yeah, we, like the the game was always run forward and kill stuff. Yeah, that's true. It was rare that you moved off of run forward and kill stuff. This way, or run forward into this building and then kill stuff that comes near it. Remember, remember when you couldn't put any terrain. Within a foot of the center of the board. Oh, the kill box. Yeah, that was awesome. No, that was just the regular rule. Remember in 7th? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just couldn't put any terrain. Like, you would put down a one-foot radius. There was, like, a one... Like, a one-foot box. Or a circle. One-foot radius around the center. All the terrain had to be outside of that when you guys were placing it. We would take turns placing terrain. And it's like, yeah, oh, that was that. crazy. Because you just moved everything into the center and fought, and now everyone, that yeah. See, you missed a lot of that. That was when Age of Sigmar first came out. Everyone was still playing that way because we didn't have all the scenarios. And it was just, everyone was playing just, and everyone just shoved everything in the middle and killed, and because you had no ranks or flanks, everything was just a big blob in the middle. And you're just rolling a thousand dice and then just taking toys off, and it's just, oh, look, I just shoved all my guys in the middle. Let's see who could roll. And it was like, oh, wait, now, oh, scenarios. Then they came out with the with the. Seems like they camp. probably should have come out with the scenarios in the first place. They should have been in that starter box. Yes, <laughs> but we've already, that's we've not, all that's had this not the discussion because that's five years ago. Right, and now they've got tons of them. In fact, if you like, one of the cool things because I know you saw it in your book is if you like to play into the narrative uh, of that particular book, they'll have a little bit of a story about. Oh, they went and fought with these guys here, and then they'll give you two or three. Yeah, battle and as plans. a typical fantasy player, I went, "Well, battle plans," and skipped right past it. But now that you understand how the game is played and how it really focuses more on objectives, we were we were looking back because we were yeah, thinking about yeah. trying to put together something. Yeah, first initial reaction, skip. Next, it's like, "Oh, is there anything cool in here? Is there anything that might be fun to play?" Because you know you have to be playing for we. We don't also like battalions are good. That's kind of interesting. Battalions are new. We didn't have them in fantasy. Yeah, but like, if there was any sort of like, like a grouping of of like models to take or whatever like that, there was never really any reason to. And normally they sucked, so you didn't want to take them anyway. <laughs> so yeah, story wise and game wise, it's like, oh, I could take this, this, and this. No, like it actually makes sense to pick battalions as opposed to my normal instinct, which is okay. I'm just gonna make an army and completely ignore them. Yeah, and and it also, um, as you saw, having a battalion, especially the size of yours, reduces you from a uh, 10-drop uh, uh, army to a 6-drop army. Yeah, that was pretty good. Right. And then I showed you how you could be a 1-drop army, and then as long as you... And then I realized that, you know, I don't ruin lives well, so no, i don't want to do you, that you could do it with other with you could do it almost you could do it like a two drop army with some of the other battalions that were in there if you I wanted to play my one focused. drop army with my like 80 bowmen cast lambent light on one unit and then just delete it turn one yeah that you yeah you i yeah. could do that but you, i don't hate myself and others so i don't do that <laughs> No, but there's other ways to get a one-drop or a two-drop army without overloading on. There's other battalions that, that aren't just point, that one. why why bother then? Well, yeah. And that's part of the problem, and we're going to get into that. Because those bowmen are so good. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, you really liked the battalions. And then you started looking through, what do the other ones do? What do the other ones do? Now, it does take up points, but then you get the extra command point, and it's like, oh, wait, I get an extra artifact, too? Like, you get, you're get you getting all these bonus things. And suddenly you're like, oh, wait, this is pretty good. I did not consider the artifact because I forget I have them. Well, you should. That is a problem. Yeah. But I forget a lot of things. There's that extra so many point, things. That extra command point. I mean, since we you you burned through ba- basically almost all your command points every game, that extra one obviously came in well, handy. In the first game, in the second game, I think we ended when I had like three in the bank. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I I had burned through mine. I think I used like one to not take a uh, battle shock. A test. battle shock test. Yeah. Yeah. But so overall, you are looking forward. Would you say to to getting more gaming in? I yes, mean, I absolutely am. This is a pretty good game, and and it doesn't hurt that this army is really really good, <laughs> like really good. Like whoa, boy, GW, I would have. Wow, this is good. Well, and I and I and I. Uh, I am trying to play, trying to pick apart what you can do, and try to figure out ways to. And I slowed you down in the second game. In the second game, you definitely did slow me down, uh, and so I and I found a few things that kind of worked. But yeah, that army's pretty tough. It's kind of bananas. Um, why don't we take a break, and we'll come back, and when we do, we'll just we'll talk a little bit about the games we played and the different things we were doing because those guys are really crazy good, and and I actually played four and games like the week all before that. Good. Like every single unit is really good. That's I think they're that, all well, worth taking. You haven't played every single unit yet. Be honest, you haven't played Altharian or Teclas, and you didn't play the named cow. Although now that you've played the regular okay, cow, the named cow is twenty points more expensive than the regular cow, and the regular cow is broken. So I fine. wouldn't say he's broken. Teclas, I'm sure he's fine. The only thing I haven't <laughs> played is the Light of Altharian. Then. Yeah, and we're going to work that into one of the armies because I think that's a cool model. And, and it's got I some do cool love Altharian. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, and can we talk? You know what? We'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about that cow and the and the 20-point different mega cow because for 20 points, I don't see why you would I would say pro tip, but I played two games. So not a pro tip. Take the mega cow because it's only 20 points. <laughs> if you can fit it in for that 20 points, I think it's 100% worth it because... What you get for that 20 points is bananas. But uh, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about that. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get.
We are back. We are back. Now, full disclosure, before Harrison got home to play with his Lumineth Realm Lords, I had gotten together with some of my friends, and um, we all got together and got in some games of Warhammer, because we were all going a little Warhammer stir-crazy. So I drove up um, by my good friend Rotor, and then we got together and met up with uh, a bunch of the other guys, uh, Salmon and Hagen and John and uh, Lou and Fenske and Braska, and got in a bunch of games of Warhammer. Just needed to get in some Warhammer. And um, I brought Harrison's Army, figuring we're all going to have fun. I'm not going to take anything too crazy. I'm just going to take a little bit of everything. Um, not the fancy named guys, just a little bit of everything else and see uh, see how this army works. And this army is dumb. <laughs> oh, it's dumb. So let's, uh, do you have your list over there with what we took? And so we can, because we took the same thing for your list that I took. I just handed you my list from when I was playing with the guys because this way I played it at least a couple of times and I kind of got to know what it could do. Um, so... Uh, we're playing uh, Harrison's Army. We're playing, obviously, Realm Lords from Iliatha. Uh, they got a Cathalar General with uh, Lore Master, so she knows Lambent Light, Protection of Hiss, Hish, and has the Simulacra Amulet um, because somebody's got to have... Which I'm told does something. If she dies, you can roll a dice and come back. That's pretty good. Maybe I should have remembered that. She didn't die. No, but that still definitely seems like something I, would, I should have known. I, I would have reminded you of that. Uh, you have another Cathalar who's also who's got Speed of Hish. You had a Stone Mage with the Hearthstone Amulet and Crippling Vertigo. And then you had the Arlen Legion, which meant you had the one Cathalar. You had two units of 20 spears, two units of 10 bows. Um, and that was your battalion with the one Cathalar. Then you had uh, the Cow... Uh, ten stone guard with the diamond pick hammers, five dawn riders, which is the cav, and then the Hishian twin stones, and all of that came out to nineteen ninety. Little bit of everything. The only thing you don't have in this army is the named uh, spirit of the mountain, and you didn't have Teclas or Eltharian. You have everything else. A little bit of everything else in your army, and it's good. It's really good, and this was crazy because now. I didn't even, now that you've played Because I, I took everything, and it's still good. Like, how often can you really say that? You didn't, yeah, you didn't get too crazy and too focused on any particular thing, and it like, all Like, worked. there was no min-maxing going on here, and it's still really, really good. Well, when I was playing a couple weeks ago... Um, I got in four games, and I had played three people who had never played against Realm Lords before and one person who had played a couple of games. And everything was the same. It was that this army fires in every single uh, every single phase of the game. That's actually something I think I might have been having issues with. This army does not slow down. There's no, like, you don't get a break when you're playing this. You're always playing. And, in fact, one of the things that I, f that was, I know was at least aggravating on that weekend when I was playing with my friends was when my spells started affecting your ability to play. I could make you move at half speed or roll dice and you don't move at all, take away your ability to fly. 
uh, minus ones to hit from from a lot of places. Um, That's so- the thing. This army just the whole theme of the army seems to be like I'm going to mess with what you do, but also anytime you do something, I'm just fully not going to care about it. It really seems that way. In it's a, like, in, you know, you cast magic, I have so many wizards that can deal with that. You're, you I mean, know, you don't do, have you're any... doing shooting or combat, I can just, you're at minus one to hit because I am a realm lord and I happen to be in a shining company just because I haven't been, a, I haven't charged yet. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Like, there's just so much going on that, but can, that's the that flavor, can affect you, really but plays. I just don't care about what you do to me. Well, I mean, you did when you had to break the Shining Company. That was the only time, yeah, sometimes you have to charge, but, you know, other times it's more important to charge than minus one to hit. That So so but, it's like, that's the only time I have to care, but it's also like... But it's also, also like, pikes, which weren't really meant to necessarily be charged. They just slowly move forward and you get stuck, because that's the other thing you said, it was just like... You, when you had to charge, you suddenly knew you were at a huge disadvantage. And I'll tell you, when I played those four games before you got home, it, not a I didn't huge even disadvantage. Think I was but at a huge lost, disadvantage. I was you, just, but you. Lost I would so rather be charged than charge. Of course, because you stay. You're minus one to hit as long as you stay in your formation or your company. Yeah. So it's like when I was doing it, it's like eh, it kind of sucks, but it's not like. Plus, like I'm giving up a bonus, not even like I'm taking a penalty. Exactly. So, so it's not it. It doesn't hurt that bad. Like wah wah, big baby. Right. I mean, the minus one to hit is really big. So you losing that is huge. But like when you get charged, you're but plus it's still, one. It doesn't change the fact to, that I have a four up armor save on like everybody for no reason. Well, not your not your bows. They're only a five. Like that's so good. As if I ever got more than a six on my old archers. Yeah, your archers were sixes, and your and your car- your your whole elf army was five up. Saves. And their bows, I'm never gonna run them or charge them. So I'm you're still at minus one to hit. Yeah, and when your and when your pikes get charged, you're plus one to wound and plus one rend because they're running into pikes that are sticking way out past you. So to get up to you, they're taking more risks. The only thing that's like a little bit like non synergistic is. Those Dawn Riders are so good, and you really want to charge them, but then you lose your Shining Company. Yeah, but you don't even have to charge them. You can just get them up close. And here's the other thing. You get them up close to a unit, and then this is one of the rules Harrison was learning, was I charged X unit, but when I pile in, as once I get within three inches of that, oh, I got within three inches of your other unit, and now they're drawn in. You can literally draw them in. Get them close enough and, and, and kind of force, if your opponent piles in, they can get drawn in without charging. Or you just move them up, put them in a place where they have to charge them. I mean, the, the only... the only No, bu- you definitely want to charge with the Dawn Riders. If this unit made a charge move in the same turn, add one to wound rolls for attacks made with Sun Metal Lances and improve the rend of each of them by one. So suddenly they go from they go from threes by fours no rend to threes by threes with uh, with one rend. So you you pretty much always want to charge with them. And you just learn something. See, there you go. I thought it. I you said you don't necessarily want to charge. Like, I was just agreeing with like, you because you're so big on this minus one to hit that they learn with it. And so I'm going. I along. think it. 
it's good for everybody but the Dawn Riders. The Dawn Riders, it's like it's nice to have like defensively for when I'm getting prepped to charge you, but I'm go I'm going to charge you and I'm going to give it up and I'm going to say thank you as I'm giving it up because plus one to wound and plus one rend is so good. And the other thing is with a fourteen inch movement, they can really set themselves up wherever you don't your biggest problem was you had a unit of five, and it was easy for them. I mean, even with a four-up save, that's ten wounds total. And they're going to get in, the, and with their larger bases, they were getting, especially with my horde army, they were really getting surrounded, and suddenly they were getting killed. Yeah, that nothing went right for me that combat. <laughs> but when I when I have when I have four plus armor, I should be saving more than one on like nine attacks. <laughs> What I'm saying is is with that 14-inch movement, when you're getting your pikes and your other things lined up to where you want them, once this, once the other – you can hang them back a bit so that no one can charge them, but as soon as the combat starts, oh, they're tied in, then – that's and that's what you were, we were talking about. That's what you were starting to realize. I get tucked in with one of your guys. I'm stuck in combat. Now is your chance to charge when my guys are already spread out and there, and now you can hit. And something I noticed is that it didn't have to be like the unit that was specifically charged. So you just have to make a charge in that turn. So I charged one turn, and I also charged with the cow, and then the cow brought something else into combat with them that you piled in with, and then I was just able to decimate the initial unit that I charged with the Dawn Riders with the cow, and then use like get three you know get a whole bunch of extra attacks to attack your large horde that i was able to pull into it and that's what i'm saying you were able to you charge the one unit that's the unit you're able to reach but once you had your pile in and you shifted it's like oh now i'm within three of that so suddenly they're drawn into the combat that was very confusing for you the first time we did that and i remember the first time it happened to me alex did it to me i charged in with a bunch of zombies and as i spread around He's like, okay, now these guys pile in. I'm like, they weren't charged. They're just sitting there. He's like, you're within three. The rules say if you're within three of a com- of an enemy, you can pile in. I just don't really understand the timing of when I'm allowed to be within three because it seems to change a lot. Only when you charge, but if you're in combat and you're piling in, you're in the middle of a so combat. So only when you charge, but also other times. Okay, you're, Also you're- other times when I'm not even ordinarily supposed to be moving. No, when you charge and when you pile in. See, you're so used to rank and flank, there is no piling in. So there's there's no I'm getting drawn in because that, that that tray of models never moves. But now as you pile in, as, as so it's basically when you charge, you're going into combat. And when you're in combat, you're still in combat. So anytime there's the actual combat portion happening, you can get within three. And that's what it took you a while to get. Yeah, but I remember that. Was, Wait, what do you mean? I didn't charge them. It's like, well, what are they going to do, sit there and watch you fight? <laughs> They're right next to you. And I'm pretty sure my answer was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want the, I want them to do something else. How many times would we play and I would charge in? Because you remember when we were playing rank and flank. How and many times would I set up stuff specifically to be charged so that way I could use the other guys to not get drawn into combat and then join combat on their own terms in a much better position? Right. You would have you would have entire movement trays one inch apart from the other movement tray, and this huge guy, this huge attack would happen. They would hit the one unit of arm of your troops, and this other unit who's an inch away, sometimes less than an inch away. They're watching the fight, and they're just like, "Yep, yeah, they're fighting over there. People are dying. I know we're in a battle. 
going to stay right here because I wasn't the one that they attacked. And it would be unfair of me to just jump in when I wasn't invited. See, but here's the thing. I don't <laughs> want them to jump in, and I am their god. So why are they jumping in? They have to. Well, they're close. And that's the new thing because you're in a battle. And that's what's so it's great. It's called self-control. We're elves. We're known for it. Nope. We should be able to do it. Nope. Then, then you retreat. Then you can retreat. Go ahead. Retreat. You can retreat. Bye. You can but run I away. But I can't retreat because that happens in the movement phase, which has already happened. So why are they going in? I don't want them to. Too bad. Play better. Get better. Position your units where they won't it's, get sucked in. It's self-restraint. They're elves. They're known for it. Yeah, that's not a rule in the game. They stick They stick all their, all their not self-restraint stuff into magic stones and then throw them in the bottom of a pit. Well, yeah, that's... They should be better at this. So... One of the things that happened when I when I was when I was playing them before I played against them with you, um, when we're talking about how they hit on every phase, so your 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 magic phase is ridiculous because just about every unit is oh, a wizard. Oh, because like yeah, I've got fourteen wizards on the table. Great. <laughs> how many did you have? You had three. The cow was not one, and then f- you had eight. You had eight wizards yeah, on the table. Yeah, I had eight wizards on the table. Well, yeah. 2,000 points. And great, great way to live. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it felt like when I was playing against your old vampire accounts. <laughs> so you've got all that happening, and you're, you're, you're doing all that, and there's so much going on. You can dispel so much. So there I am, and I'm playing against these people, and nobody knows what to do. Like, they just know that they're going to have to attack you to get you either off an objective or do something, and... So you've got a great magic phase. You move six. So even the guys who can't charge. Oh, and the plus, even the guys who can't run because of their shining formation or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, you still have speed of hiss. So you can always get a unit that has to move and double its the movement. Only, the only thing that suffers in the movement phase is the stone guard because they only move four. But they can't take the shining company formation. So they just run. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. They just run alongside the giant. As long as I don't roll a one, I'm moving at least six now. Mm-hmm. So you, you get all your movement, and then you get to shooting, and when you found out. <laughs> oh, I can shoot into combat? Oh. Oh, that's right. You didn't know you could shoot into combat. This was I knew there were more things about the game. You're, you're so oh, hesitant. Should I, should I kill that unit? Should I kill that character and then focus all the attacks on the unit? That feels like a good idea. Maybe I'll try that one. That was crazy. You're like, wait a minute. So I can shoot into combat? Well, yeah, but you can shoot into combat. If you're in combat, you have to shoot into your own combat. You can't just be attacked and shoot something else. Oh, that makes sense. And then you there you are shooting it. I'll I'll give my elves that lack of self restraint. I think that one works. <laughs> oh God, that's right. You were surprised when you could shoot into combat, but that and that's well. What I, was I mean, the only people who could shoot into combat before were Skaven, and then it was like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot a warp lightning cannon and throw all my slaves. So all of that stuff is good. We've determined your your if you're especially if, if you're charging one or two wound models that aren't on. That aren't on horse, and I guess that th- I guess these guys would be your lighter cav because I still ex- I fully expect when when Tyrion's army comes out, he's going to have the heavy cav. Oh, I fully expect Tyrion to have dragon princes or something but like that. But these guys have four up armor saves, and they run in, and as long as they're not fighting other mounted stuff, they're getting more attacks. 
oh yeah if they're attacking one wound models they get two extra attacks if it's two wound models they get one extra attack so I'm sitting there doing three attacks apiece sun metal lances and since they're wizards they can cast power of fish so fives and sixes do mortals yeah hitting on threes wounding on fours or hitting on threes wounding on threes if I just charged so you're and that's one of the things that I realized. So you're doing, fifteen attacks, five models. So you've got five units in your game, uh, okay? And your 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 entire army is uh, 40, 60, 70, 75, about what eighty one seventy seven models, I think, maybe eighty models, or right around there. Of those, sure, that sounds rightish. Of those, fifty five. Do mortals on sixes. In fact, you have the diamond pick hammers. So 65 of them do mortals on sixes. 55 of them can boost that to a five up. So you've got this crazy, all this spells going off, all this stuff happening. But where it really gets nuts is even if you don't take a lot of stuff that's going to give you all this, or if you don't get the magic off that gets you the five up saves, I think part of it is messing with your opponent. Like... When I was playing against Hagen, and he had uh, he was playing with um, the flesh eater courts, mm-hmm. and and he had that that the units in the battalion where uh, when a unit gets wiped out, he's got these units of twenty ghouls. Well, if it gets killed, or sometimes larger, I think um, it gets killed. He spends a command point, and on a four up, that unit gets to come back. Wow, that's pretty good. If you if you can roll a four up. Well, I'm not known for that. But so. on the games where you get four of those units destroyed and you bring back all four, it's crazy. No, that sounds soul-crushing. So I'm playing against Eric, except I've got that one stupid spell that the Lumineth have that allows you to make your opponent, until your next turn, spend double command points. Uh, total Eclipse. Goes that, off on a six. D- okay, you saw... Yeah, I, mean, I was kind of... I was looking at that one. So suddenly my opponent has to spend double... To to do a command. And you're like, okay, so maybe I don't use a command point that turn, or maybe I don't really want to use a command point. All right, so that's fine. So you've got two, but you don't want to burn two. You're going to save it. And then you get to the battle shock phase. Yeah, I was going to say, those command points come in real handy in the battle shock phase. Well, your army suddenly has taken five or six wounds on your 20-wound unit. I got Unfortunate. And so... On a two-up, because you've got your Cathalar there. Yeah, if you're within 18 inches of the Cathalar, on a two-up, the Cathalar makes it so you don't have to take the battle shock phase. And, in fact, she can just throw those wounds onto somebody else who has to take a battle shock phase, a battle shock test, if she wants. Right. So here so here I'm playing. You're, And this is what we found happened. In a couple of scenarios, I was on my objectives. I had sent out the cow or the guys, or maybe the horses, to mess around and grab other objectives. But my opponent is coming in. They have to come after my shining company, my spears. Which you never want to do because it's dangerous. I was lucky enough to not have to charge. So I'm minus one to hit, plus one to wound, one rend on top, and I get a, a, a rend, and I'm killing a bunch of their guys. Now you have a big unit coming at me. I kill off a bunch. But you're going to be okay because your leadership ten or whatever you can get your a decent role. But now I've now not only have I not I'm not going to take my battle shock test, but now I'm going to add all those models to your battle shock test. And this happened several times when I played the game before. Suddenly it's like oh, well I was already going to lose if I rolled more than a three 
I was going to lose models. But now you just now added it's dice. dice plus two. So now, yeah, dice plus three. And I've only got like 12 models left. And you're looking at that going, no, you know what? I'm going to spend a command point and not take a Battleshock test. Okay, spend two. Okay, spend two. And it's like, and now it's my turn. Yeah, so now I'm taking away a lot of your command points. And plus I've got two spells, one that halves your movement and takes away your ability to fly. That spell was extraordinarily good against Night Haunts. Yeah, because suddenly I couldn't just glide across the board. Suddenly I have to actually consider where I'm moving. And I know that sounds stupid, and but I did. Um... And what was the other one that we... Uh, not Lamb Light. Um, two command points instead of one. Is it Crippling Vertigo from Lord of the High Peaks? Okay, here we go. Yeah, casting value of six. Pick an enemy unit wholly within 18 invisible. Until your next hero phase, roll 2d6 before that unit makes a normal move, a charge move, or a pile-in. If your roll is greater than their bravery characteristic, it can't make the move. Now... You had a lot of trouble using that against me because I'm leadership ten. Yeah, everybody's plus I got bravery thirty 10. models, so suddenly I'm third. Yeah. Although it is, it does say bravery characteristic, so I think I can still beat you on an eleven or twelve. I think it's a. I my, but I. I think it's. I don't know. I don't know that. I think that might. But I think your your characteristic it specifically says characteristic, not the bravery. Uh, I'm not certain. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know how GW Words rules we, anymore. We actually asked Alex about that before we played, and we played it right, and now I don't remember what he told us. We and asked, I know that, Alex no, we asked him about... We asked him a couple of things. Well, well, I wasn't in the room for that. Oh, and don't forget that your Cathalar also has the Darkness of the Soul spell. That casts on a 7, an enemy unit within 18, so it's not holy. 2d6 every time they make a normal move, a charge move shoots or fights if it's... Uh, if the roll is greater than their bravery characteristic, they can't perform the action that phase. I did cast that on you once, and it didn't go off. It, it didn't happen any time, but it was nice. It was a cool thing to be able to have. I did that to a unit of Fenske's trolls. Oh, and they're like, what? Leadership five. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. He that th After turn two, I cast that on them. They tried to move forward. Nope. They tried to charge because they were still within 12. Nope. Then they wanted to throw rocks. The throw rocks is not a shooting thing, so they weren't actually shooting, so they were able to throw their rocks. Um, yeah. No, I just stopped an entire unit from being able to do anything. That's because I cast I cast it on a unit that you had pop up behind me, and I was like, it, it didn't go off, and I was like, well, hang on, let me see if you're even allowed to do this yet. <laughs> Which is an interesting thing to be able to say and actually mean it. Yeah. And I think that's what's really crazy. And when I played them, and it was funny because uh, I I'd played, uh, we played like four games over the, while we were there. And Rotor was Rotor said he wanted to give it a shot just to see what it was like. And after hearing about it for four games, he's like, you know, let's not. I'm like, no, let's not. Let's not because you know what? Let's Here, go play Mortal Kombat. I had a perfect record. I played. First of all, everyone knows I'm not very good at this. No game went past top of turn three. And I had. Four games, four wins, zero fun. Like, nobody was having fun just getting... Because they just wrecked it. Now, granted, nobody knew how to play against it. And one of the things you notice is, A, um, if you get the right scenario where they have to go for... Uh, they have to try to move a little more to get on objectives, or in my case where I was playing hordes. 
So when we both got to the objective, I was the one who had enough models there where I was holding the objective. Yeah, fighting hordes is kind of obnoxious. And I'm like, I'm not going to charge you. I got the objective. If you want to fight and get me off the objective, come charge me. And then you had to charge me. And then I charged you and deleted a 40 chain rest. <laughs> yes, but you had to get a little taste of your own medicine there because now that you charged, you lost your little bonus. That did because the first game we played was just a pitch was just a straight up like battle line. Yeah, what did we? That was that was in the in the mini rule book. Like at yeah. the end of the rules, it says, "Oh, if you want to learn how to play your army, here's this." And which one was that? Because it, yeah, it's literally called First Blood. There are no objectives. You both set up within a foot of the, you know, uh, a foot away from the enemy territory. Um, first model that dies, the other, if, if whoever loses a model first, the other guy gets a free command point, and then it's just who killed more of the army. It was literally what you were used to playing. Yeah. So when I when I first when we played that one, I won an initiative and I took second because I was like okay I'll just move forward and then make you charge me and it'll be great and you know what that works well and the thing is I didn't really want to charge you I started moving around maneuvering trying to see if I can get guys around back and you're like all right well I'm going to charge with the diamond pick hammer guys and the cow and you t- and you deleted one of my I was playing night haunt by the way um and I should probably I took, let's see, what did I have? Uh, I had a Dreadblade Harrow, who was my general. I had Rykenor the Grimhaler, a Spirit Torment, a Vampire Lord ally, and a Guardian with the Nightmare Lantern. And then I had two units of 40 Chain Rasps, 20 Blade Grists, 10 Grimgasts, two Chain Gasts, four Banshee, Murnmorn Banshees, and I took the, the Battalion the Condemned, which was the two Chain Rasp Hordes and the Chain Gasts and the Spirit Torment. And as long as uh, the Chain uh, chain rasps were near those other guys. They got to reroll their failed hit rolls, which against Harrison that was, was really good. Yeah, that was really good because I was four up, and then I had to charge when I was five up. But I was still five up. Yeah, five up rerolling with is forty really guys. Good. You were spread out a bit, you know, to, in your little formation in your line, and I managed to get a bunch of them around you, and that wasn't bad. But still, it was. But so then, hard. what ended up happening is we remembered the we remembered that elves always strike first, and then I got. Oh, they Both, don't always strike got, first. Yeah. You get the double. Yeah, the, the, the they quote unquote always strike first. So I got two units of those pikes into attack the in, into attack that the was chain. Our second rest. game, yeah. Or was it, I thought on the first game like you charged in and then I got pulled in or whatever. No, I don't. I don't think so. But we wound up. I mean, yeah, we, something up, ended up happening. It was like I was just able to just completely smack. I was able to attack with two units on the same unit. And just completely smash them before, like, you know, you were able, even able to swing back. And I actually tried to be a little clever. Like, I teleported my guy, and I brought them over there, and I went to try to, I was going to try to maybe move around and get around the side, get back. Because well, the one thing I gained from the four games I played before you is kill the Cathalars. Because they're the ones that are going to keep you from taking Battleshock tests. They're the ones that are going to pass over wounds to, to me. And they're the ones who are going to get off uh, the extra spells that you need to get things really going. They're the ones, because your guys are all casting their Light of... Yeah, Power of Hish is a good spell and all, but, you know, the Cathlars, are they bring the big guns. Yeah, and they're the ones who, when you use your Ether Quartz, because that's the other thing. Minus one bravery yeah. when you use either course, except they're just grabbing it and giving it. Of course, I'm also it. from Iliatha, so I get plus two bravery inherently. 
Right. And, well, yeah, Iliatha gives you the yeah. So you're taking the plus bravery. You're getting the extra. Oh, it was just. And then you, they were just, and you can only use one ether quartz per in your army per any given phase, unless you're from the other this the, one of the other realms. We never use more one, than one in a phase, like per unit. No, well, the unit each unit only has one use per I the whole they game. Could, I thought they could burn them. Like each unit could burn it, but it's like they could only use it for one phase. No, once it's actually used in a phase. Like you could, like if you were in the shooting phase and you burned one on one of your shooting units, and then you couldn't, the other shooting unit couldn't also burn it. It's only go one per phase. Oh yeah, you totally can. Yes, you're right. And so, and then all you got to do is have your cathalars around to absorb it, and then if you're, it, and then if there's someone nearby, they'll just give it to them instead. Which was nice because Which is suddenly really, look at that. Now you're at. Now you're at, you know, sure you've got 10 bravery and you're a horde, but you've, you know, you just took, you know, 14 wounds and then I put six wounds on you and also you're at minus one bravery because I threw ether quartz on you just to, just to, to add a little insult to injury. Yeah. And you can only do that once per battle. Uh, you can only give a minus one bravery to your opponent. They can only get it one, that unit can only get it done one time. Yeah. So you I, can't you, stack on them. But... This but is why minus you only one need... bravery inherently for the rest of the game with no way of shaking it. What? And the thing is, you know, you have two cathalars because you want that extra to be able to cast a little. Like maybe one guy do speed of hish and one guy be. You want that lambent light caster. Yeah, exactly. You know, or the ethereal caster. If you know you're going up with guys who have a lot of rend, you get that ethereal spell. Mm-hmm. So you want two, but you can get away with one because the things that they, now, well two helps during the battle shock phase because they can only do that once as well. But yeah, your guys are your cathalars. Basically, anything you have that's going to be a negative, if they're close by, they can stop you from taking the penalty. That's the craziest part. That's I think the craziest part about this army. It's not that I can mess with you. It's not that you can't really mess with me. It's that I can't really mess with me. Yeah, you go in and you're yeah, anything bad that's going to happen to you as long like, as you aren't completely screwing it up, you get to stop it from happening. Like okay, so the Alareth. Like I think this probably explains it the best is uh, yeah, the Alarith, uh, their enduring is a rock battle trait. After armies have been set up before the first battle round begins and at the start of any of your hero phases, you can pick any number of friendly Alarith units, say they're adopting the mountain stance. If you do so until your next hero phase, if the weapon if a weapon is used for an attack that targets an Alarith unit in the mountain stance that uh, has run of minus one, change the run characteristic of that attack to, to dash. So... For the Alarith, I have to say that I'm taking the Mountain Stance, but there's no penalty for not doing... There's no penalty for doing it. So there's absolutely no reason not to do it. And I get to say it after models are set up and at the beginning of each hero phase. So even if I get... Even if I take second, I still get the Mountain Stance from the beginning of the game. Right, because you do it right after setup. That's crazy. And that's that's what... There's no penalty for doing it. It's not like when old Bretonians where you could pray to the Lady of the Lake and technically that means you have to cede initiative to your opponent and they could decide if you want to go if they're going to go first or second. And yeah, that's not really a penalty, but well, it's you still used technically to also, a penalty. You also used to have to roll. 
That was another thing that surprised you. Remember, you rolled whoever finished deploying first got plus one to their roll. Yeah, yeah. I could just take initiative every time. Now it's whoever finishes deploying first gets to decide. Because I don't who. know if six drops is like not a lot or actually a lot or something like that. But it's less than you had, so I got to pick every time. Yeah. And that's uh, and then and suddenly, depending on the type of army you have, if you need to go first, if you're like an alpha strike, I rush up fast and hit you in the face. That's when you really go and buy those battalions, and you can get your entire army into one to two drops. And then it's like you're almost always deciding what happens. It just it's uh, even every other army would ordinarily at least be like, okay, well, if your opponent goes first. And then they attack you, you don't quite get your bonuses yet. Turn one, you're a little bit vulnerable. They're just not. They're not. They just always have it. And you technically have to declare it, but there's literally no reason not to. It's like... For something called the mountain stands, my immediate instinct is... I suppose. I mean, if we're playing competitively and you didn't say it every turn, you wouldn't have it. I mean, you could do that. It's just crazy. But that I don't want to play like that because that doesn't sound fun. Well, because um, even with uh, command points, remember we started the game. We both put down our command point for our battalion. And then it's like whoever got first got that second command point. But the other guy doesn't get his, his command point for the beginning of the turn. You don't get it at the battle round. You get exactly. it at your you turn. Exactly. You get it at your turn. Like the whole game is you get it at your turn. But no, the Alarith just... Like there's no reason not to do it. And it's just so good. Like... With something called the Mountain Sands, your instinct is they can't run or charge or do something like that, right? Or, like, their movement is penalized or something. No, there's just no reason not to do it. It's it's crazy. I mean, unless we're missing something. Unless we're completely missing something in if the If I'm rules. missing something, please yell at me. But I, as far as I can tell, it's strictly positive with no drawbacks. Now, I like I said, I took my night horn against you, and I had some hordes. Um, in that first battle line i had to charge you because i was trying to figure out a way to slowly try to move around and maybe try to see if i could trick you into charging or or get to a position where you needed to charge but suddenly since it's do the most kills your cow moved in with his super hammer got managed to catch a unit and then you're you know it's like oh i just deleted this unit that cow's hammer is so good yeah but once again then it's killed the stone mage Who's but again, it's still a thing. Like the cow has inherent bu- uh, inherent uh, weaknesses, where if they take damage, they get worse. But in true Lumina fashion, I simply don't care about the fact that you did wounds to me because the stone mage is within six inches of that pie plate base. Yeah. If the so if the stone mage or is it does it have to be the stone mage? I think it does. It does have to be the stone mage. Because yes. It's an Alarith hero. Sp- it's specifically the stone mage. Okay. So if the stone mage is within six inches of the cow, that 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 chart where the more wounds he takes, the more he depreciates in his, the things he can do. Yeah. Do you ignore it? Yeah. You just are always treated as having ze- as he- having zero wounds. So again, Lumineth fashion. I I do things to you, and I don't care about things that you do to me. You do wounds to now, me. If I, had I some, simply don't care. Now, if I had some good shooting, I could have taken out some of those characters. In fact, that was where I actually started to have a chance in the game was in our second game when I got into your backfield through a lucky move. Not lucky move, but I just I was like, oh, wait, I should do this. And then I took my guy who wasn't in combat, teleported. I, just try, I tried to prevent it, but it, it just didn't happen. And then I super lucked out because I popped in sort of behind your archers off to the side, got uh, you know nine inches away, rolled the 10 for the charge, which suddenly kicked in the Night Haunt special ability, which means, yeah, I was only, now I 
you know, I pile in. I got everything. I are, After my charge, I get to do all my attacks. And I had moved in really close on that one because I missed the first charge. I just moved right up to within like four inches and rolled a 10 to charge. So I just surrounded you. And then it's like, oh, now I get all these attacks. And your bowmen were like, I got what? And it's like, okay, that's done. Now during the combat phase, I'll hit you again. But I managed to get up to one of the Cathalars and delete them. And then suddenly you couldn't move. You had to spend, you said earlier, a command point to not take a battle shock test because you didn't have. Uh, th- that was with the. That was with the Stone Guard, though. Like, they were way out anyway. No, the Stone Guard weren't dying. That was with that unit of spear, that unit of uh, spears that had gotten into my... The second unit of spears that got into that second unit of 40 chain rasps. No, remember I rolled a one. Because oh. I, had, I had the second Cathalar, and I, that was the only... Oh. That was the only battle shock test I had to take, and I rolled a one. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just burn the command point then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because but, they're just. But had so I killed good. the Cathalars, you would have to burn the command points. Yeah, if you had gotten them both, you would. I would have had. to Because do if it. anything, if you're not in Iliatha, their leadership's not sweet. No, that was one of the things I was initially surprised with when I was looking at this army. I'm like, I'm used to seeing a lot of eights in the leadership category, and I'm looking at a lot of sevens even on my general. Yeah, I mean, your bravery 10 if you're the giant cow and the and the stone mages are 8 with the stone guards at 7, but like your bread and butter units, your your spikes or your yeah. your pikes and your and your bows are leadership 6. That was I was surprised. And then, you know, Cathalar and Dawn Riders are 7. You're a lot of 6s and 7s except you know, I'm not talking about the name characters. You're all 6s and 7s with the exception of the stone mage. All your your yeah. All your not named characters are sixes and sevens, except for that one guy. Mm-hmm. If you're not Iliatha, losing six guys like you did in that one that twenty man unit is that's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's so. There's I mean, if there's any weakness, that's it. It's you. Your your two your Cathalars and your Stone Mages are. Five wounds, five up saves. And if I can kill them... Are the Stone Mages five up saves? Uh, I think he is. He's a wizard. Oh, he is. Yeah, Stone Mage is a five up save. Yeah, I, 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 I'm learning this army too. Yeah, but he's also like a Stone Mage, so I figured he'd be hardier. Nope, still a five wounds, five up save. He's still a squishy mage even though he's sitting on a rock. And that's and that's where that weakness is, is try to get to those guys, but you're sitting there just trying to protect them constantly. And that's and that's oh, it was so hard. Um I did find, I would say, horde armies, even though your horsemen get a ridiculous number of attacks against one wound models, so they yeah. were really good doing there was a lot of attacks. But your your twenty man unit of spears gets two two attacks apiece, right? Uh, yeah. And so you're getting forty attacks with your spears because they yeah, got the a three spears inch are reach. Two attacks, two my, attacks apiece. Yeah, my horde hits, and your spears with three inch reach, or your pikes. Yeah, three inch reach, two attacks apiece, threes by fours. It's rough. Yeah, so you you get a lot of attacks against a horde, um, and it becomes really difficult necessarily to hold on, but. The thing that I found, and it was the all of a sudden it clicked, was when we had to grab, when we I forget which 
game we played, but it was just the three objectives and shifting objectives. I think that's shifting. Was that shifting objectives? That what it's called? That's the only other one we played. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the three objectives, but one of them, the the, the primary one changes. But you couldn't run forward. You could only walk. So you got six inches up, which wasn't six inches from the center of yeah. that model. And my guys were able to run. And so I grabbed the objectives, and I'm like, now you have to charge me because I've got 40 guys on this objective. And I'll just sit here and win the game. And you're like, oh, now I have to charge. I got to give up my one save. I got to try a little harder. I got to do a little more. But the Horde army, as far as objectives goes, is really can be quite helpful because... That's why you just need more of the Dawn Riders because then they just attack things and do crap loads of damage. Yeah, I you know it's I I keep looking at your army and one of the things we were talking one about One of the battalions you can take is the Dawn Rider Lance, which is just two to three units of the of the Dawn Riders, and then it's you can reroll hits of one made uh uh for attacks made with melee weapons by a friendly unit from this battalion that made a charge move. So that might also be something to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to move to that, see, you know what? Let's take a break, and then we're going to come back, because we've been talking about all the things that you found out that they can do, which is crazy. Um, and I found a few weaknesses, like I said. With objectives, a horde isn't bad, but you still need some sort of punch to protect from especially your stupid deletion protocol, where it's like that lambent light. Yeah, lambent light is so good well i mean i took out let's see i took out croak top of turn one with lambent light and two units of 10 bows i took out two of your characters top of turn or bottom of turn one because i took second yeah but without lambent light and without power of fish i just took them out right but if you get a good roll yeah all these like i can just drop things it's 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 crazy but i think being able to get trying to uh, this beating these this elf army I think has a lot to do with maneuvering around to get around necessarily the pikes you know per se and get into the get into the archers and then it's get those to get the stone mage and the cathalars out yeah those those are rough but that if that, can, that is a pretty rough thing to get but if you can do that if you have enough shooting to shoot them out, because you had them in the middle of that little blockade too, so they get their lookout, sir. So it's minus one to shoot them, uh, just because they're up with those big units. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason why you've got the ten stone guard around your mage. They stay next to him. He gets a lookout, sir, for shooting it. I had no shooting, so you didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I had just the chain ras or not the chain, the chain gasts had had I think a, a, a shooting attack. But um, if you're not worried about shooting, well, you know what? Let's take a break, come back, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit more before we wrap up the show. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. 
Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, Think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Okay, so we're back. And, um... Okay, so we talked a little bit about some of the weaknesses. I'm looking at that thinking, if you took the Shining Company, though, you'd have to take the points for the battalion, which would give you another artifact and another mm-hmm. command point. Um, but then you'd also have to, you'd, you'd, you'd almost have to lose, at the very least. Yeah, I don't at, know at if the, it's, at the very if least it's you, viable. At the very least, you'd lose the Hammer Bros. That's 200 points right there. That's not actually enough to get more to get that second unit and pay for the battalion. So then do you lose the stone mage or do you just lose the stone mage and the cow and those guys and bring in a bunch of, of horses? Maybe a bunch of horses and Eltharian. You were just talking about how, how that cool could Eltharian work is. actually taking like if you just cut out all of the Aller stuff, cut out the cow and the mages and the hammer bros. Yeah. And you, and, then, and you bring in. Two units of of horses and Altharian. That could ruin some days. There's a lot. I mean, well, and this is the thing. This is stuff you haven't even tried. You were talking about just dropping the twin stones, which I still think yeah. are good. But your your list is at 1990, so you can't switch up to the bigger cow. You're like, oh, if I drop the Hishian twin stones, I could take the super. I could take the named one. Sure. There you go. Right there. That's a change you were thinking about making. Um. And like I said, right now, your hammer guys are there to protect your stone mage. But I mean, as your as your that's what I liked about this is after two games, you're already talking about how you want to switch up your list. Like I know in the beginning of the show it was a little rough. Like you're just like I don't understand why we're going to even have to move second, you know. And you seem kind of angry and it's like oh I don't know if I, I don't know. Now that we're actually getting into our games and stuff, talking, you could I, I, I'm enjoying this part a little bit more, to be honest with you, because this is where at the end of that second game where you're suddenly like, wait a minute, I can start moving this around. I can start switching this around. And I think this is where you really started, even though you don't know all the rules of the game and you're not used to the, the way and the order things play in, it's kicking, it's all coming back to you again. It's like, wait a minute, yeah. I can switch this around. I can start doing this. Now, you're just looking during the commercial it's, break. It's also nice that there's only nine model, nine units in the book. So there's not a okay. lot, of, or there's ten. ten. Yeah. yeah, there's ten units, in, nine in techless in the book. So I don't have a lot to worry about. <laughs> ten units in the book. Three of them are named characters. Yeah. Which only leaves you seven to play with. And uh, two of and those so are your heroes. And so far I've tried like all of them. Yeah, that's the thing. And you're and you're already looking at switching up. What if I move this? What if I try this? What if I do this? And to me, that's fine. Try to bring change up that list. Play everything because, first of all, I'm just having fun playing with you. I don't get to play Warhammer this much. Now you're here at the house, so it's like anytime we've got some free time, pull out the alpha table, set up, roll out a mat. 
we can try a different list. I'm going to try the ogres against you. I want to change up some of this. That might not be a great idea because I still claim my 100% win rate against ogres. No, uh, we'll and see. I don't want, and I don't want to lose that. Well, you might. We'll see what we can do with them. Um, I really liked playing against them with the Night Haunt, though. I wonder if my Legions of Nagash would do well. I mean, you know, and eventually... Your vampires would probably ruin the day. Maybe. Like, those vampires could probably... They could mess me up. Yeah, it depends. Vampires and necromancers. They're in the Legion of ne- Legions of Nagash, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, also, let's remember, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have as many of my zombies anymore because I've, well, I've given so many of them away to the patrons. Um, and they're on square bases. Yeah, and they're the mantic ones, which means that they're like the feet are fused to the base part and I can't even change and even them. With, and with all the water effects, the feet definitely would have come off too. Yeah, Although I guess your model's breaking for undead doesn't really matter. Yeah, it matters. You gotta have more than... You gotta have feet. Do you? Uh, well, yeah, because otherwise the model won't stand up and I that's mean, just a, that's just a matter, question of practicalities. But I would, I, you know, and that's, and you and I have been talking too. We're already talking about looking at some of those narrative things and coming up with something. What do we do? What do we do if we bring a bunch of this up against, and, you know, you're going to want to bring Techless eventually. And <laughs> eventually, quote unquote, like I'm not salivating looking at him right now. Yeah, but then we'll see if he starts crushing things. Well, can I bring in uh, a Nagash and see what he can do against him? That would be interesting. Yeah, and we're already looking at all... This is what really excites me about this army, is it doesn't look like there's any bad combinations, so now you're just starting to move things around and see, well, what if I just take The this whole army's good, so I can try to figure out what's really good. And like I said, if you want to take a whole Alarith army and just proxy, because you've only got 20 Alarith models... Uh, the stone guy. You got ten with hammers and ten with diamond pick ac- uh, hammers. Um, but if you were just gonna take a, that like that all Alarith army that we were looking at, if you want to just say that my 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 uh, spears or my bows or just some other models on thirty twos are them, I'm fine with that too. Just to get to try it out and see how it plays. Honestly, I'm looking at like a maximizing the horses army because that seems mo that seems crazy fun, doesn't it though? You just like look at these different battalions. See how much I can take. You only have ten horses, and I don't have any. Yeah, yet. I may have to see if we can get you some more horses. But at sixty bucks for five, we're gonna that's gonna be low and slow. Yeah, I. This is definitely like. This is not a cheap army. No, no, it's literally every you might, box. You might, you might do a bit. You might do a bit better with Sons of Bayamot if you're looking for cheap. <laughs> well, characters are what thirty or forty bucks. Techless is, uh, is is and the cow are both pretty expensive, but you look at this and it's like th- well it's all it's techless and the moon so there is that, right. but it's a box of ten bows, a box of ten spears, a box of five horses or a box of five hammer bros. That's that's half your army. Each one of those boxes is sixty bucks, which is a lot. Yeah. Hey, you want Cyberpunk 2077, or do you want 10 Pikemen? Honestly, I'm going to tell you, I'm prob- I'd, I'd probably pick Cyberpunk at that point. I'd almost want to buy the $185 box set and get the... I, I think you get... So you can have a third Light of Eltharian? No, Great. that's the thing. Would it be cheaper? Would it be just more practical though to do that and maybe trade away... 
some of the the books or some of the other things just to try to I mean I, I don't know it's not it's not cheap especially if you want to go max out with bows and spears or if you want to have a ton of if you want to max out with any of these units it's it's you're gonna if you want to max out it's expensive it's games workshop we've been knowing well that's true it's just I keep looking at that going what if we do this what if we do that? I mean, that's the problem. I keep doing that too, and then I keep looking like, ah, they're all sixty bucks on on this box. Well, we can, but we can proxy out stuff. What I think the one thing the one thing you said you wanted to do, which I think is the first move and the best move, is if you want to drop your twin stones. The twin then, stones seem nice. They just, I don't really like. It's not really worth it. It is. I when think you have I think to the, get that spell across, and you have someone who can actually I think stop the you. Best. The best use for it is to just use it as an inherent plus one. That was the other thing. I yeah, I, I had a thought. That. I had an original thought that I thought was kind of interesting. Harrison said, "Can I do this?" And I said, "You know what? I think you can." So the Hishian Twin Stones. You, they're a predatory endless spell. You set them up within eight. It you know can move eight. You set it up within six inches of the caster. Okay. You put a D6 next to it with a one facing up. Every time a spell is successfully cast by a unit within twelve inches and not unbound. After the effects have been resolved, increase it by one. Okay? If you attempt to cast a spell while you're within 12 inches of this model, before making the casting roll, you can say that they're going to draw on the power of the Twin Stones. If they do so, add the value of the die beside the model to the casting roll. Then, after the effects of the spell has been resolved, change the value of the die back to one. Now, it says back to one, which makes me question, does it have to be at least a two? But it doesn't say that. And as Harrison pointed out... Well, it always has a one. It, it up, starts with a one. So, so can I just use it every time I cast a spell for an inherent plus one to my dice? And I say yes because it doesn't say how often or how. Doesn't say I can only do it once a phase. Doesn't say I can only do it when the die is greater than one. Right. So, so I you have think an inherent I can. cast. Once you put cast that, you have an inherent plus one for all those castings, or. You can let it build up. I mean, if you're playing against someone who's actually, a, if you have a decent caster across the table from you, I mean, because that's the thing that I did against, because uh, <laughs> that was, again, when I was playing Hagen, um, and he had all those ghouls and his ghoul stuff. He was kind of holding his one guy's last dispel because he knew I was going to cast Lambent Light, and he didn't want me to Lambent Light him. And then, because you never want that. Right. Oh, no, it wasn't Lambent Light. He didn't want me to get the spell off that made him use two command points. Total Eclipse, arguably worse. Yep. And I sat there, and I cast the Twin Stones, and I got them off. And then I, I, I was rolling pretty hot, and I got four of my uh, Sun Metal weapons boosted. So all four of those turned that dice to a five. So he's holding that dispel, hoping to get it, and I'm like, I'm going to use this, and then I rolled a 10. Beat a 15 there. Yeah, you no, know, I rolled an 8. Beat a 13. And even he, no. if you need a 14, he didn't have, even with a plus 1 to his cast, he's like, I can't. Beat a 13, roll a 9, Nagash. Yeah, I can't. He's like, I can't do it. He's like, I, uh, and he saved the dispel, and it was he was so frustrated. Because that happened. But a constant plus one would be really... I, I never thought about that. When you mentioned it, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Well, I thought about it because my dice are notoriously awful. And I'm like, well, you know, i sure most of the stuff casts on like a six. But me rolling a six on two dice, highly unlikely. I think 
it, the one other thing you pointed out was, so I use the twin stone, I get the plus one, and then when I only roll a four instead of a five, that's when I use my ether quartz. Yeah, exactly. And get the plus one, because I don't even want to re-roll that, because I'd probably roll a two, but I'll just take the plus one, it's enough to cast, and I had I did not have enough... Uh, yeah, it's I like, great, I just to have to yet. get a four to cast this stuff, because I get an inherent plus one. And that literally was in the second game. That's how you were playing. Which of your guys can cast? These three. Okay. Lambent Light, that guy, if I can get it off. Yeah. And then Sun Metal, Sun Metal, Sun Metal. Okay, plus four, Lambent Light. Right. And then uh, suddenly, like, okay, that wizard. Now, even if I'm hold, I, I had no wizards left at the end of the of the game. I had no wizards left except the vampire who couldn't cast any of those things. He had the one dispel. And you're like, at this point, what do I care? Like, I don't have to worry about pushing it up because you've got one guy and I've got so many spells. It was crazy. Well, that's also, like, a big thing is, like, even if you can't do that, like, your your uh, sentinels have capacity to just delete casters. So right. It, so what I, what I ended up doing usually was turn one I would cast spells and you'd try to dispel them and then turn two I would hate go after whoever dispelled my last spell and make that <laughs> make sure that does not happen again. That was so funny. Which guy actually dispelled it? This guy. He's the guy I'm killing. Yeah, that guy's gone. You actually played to the narrative there. That guy stopped me? Okay, he's got to die next. Stop that guy. So let's talk back about this cow though because the twin stones came up because we were talking about the 20 point difference. So you get a Alarith Spirit of the Mountain is a, is a behemoth. And then Avelinor, the Stoneheart King, is a leader and a behemoth, and he's unique. So not only is and he a, better. Yeah. So for 20 points, you get two more wounds. Okay. Um, you get two more. You know, your attack with your hammers goes from three inch range to two inch range when you get the named character because he has the pair of hammers. Oh, boohoo. But he goes up to six attacks. Threes by threes. From, f- and oh yeah, and he's threes by threes instead of threes by twos. Five damage. It's only one rend. So his, his weapon, the big guy's weapon does get a little worse. He goes from four attacks, threes by twos, two rend, five, you know, usually five damage because he's got a stone mage next to him. To six attacks with a little less rend. But, but I didn't even care about that because you're night haunts and you don't care about rend. Well, that yes, that's true. Um, now, here's what's great. You, you kept doing the thing where you kept your elf hero um, within three inches of... You had the stone mage within yeah. three inches of the spirit of the mountain. If he's there at the end of the movement phase... Then if he's there at the start of the move, still next to him at the start of the movement phase on your next turn, he can... Start of the hero phase. The start of the hero phase, yeah. Um, then he can spend a command point without... Or he can use a command ability without spending a point. Which is so good. So you keep this guy next to him. Um, but you always had him within three because of that, right? He's yeah. got to be within 12... Uh, to to have him treated as he has zero wounds within 12. But he's got to be within three to get the free command point. Well, if you take the Stoneheart King, he's got to be within six. 
which is much better. So suddenly he's got a, a, b- and, a better range. Because what ended up happening was I would declare the stone mage, and then I would charge with the cow, mm-hmm. and then that charge would bring me out of range, so that wouldn't happen anymore. But uh, six inch range, that well, and plus a, you got a yeah. charge would probably still keep it. Before he charges, what you need to do is you need to move your stone mage as close as you can to where he wants to charge. But then well, you better yeah, not fail the charge. You better oh. not fail the charge, and then you're open. And yeah. It's oh, not and great. let's not forget with your six attacks, which have a slightly worse wound and rend ratio. Sixes do a mortal wound on top. On top of everything else. Yeah, on the hit roll, on top of the weapons. Um, and then where else do they get better? Oh yeah. Before um, your regular Spirit of the Mountain, he can pick a friendly unit with an 18 at the start of the combat phase and add one to the attack characteristic of that unit's melee weapons. And you can't do that when you use the Unshakable Faith of the Mountains, which is picking D3 units, Alarith Elf units, wholly within 24 inches. So you go from one inch with an eight, one with an eighteen to D three within twenty four. This is the twenty point difference between these two. And if you're taking this guy, you're probably taking the battalion. Um, and if you take the battalion, because it can do D three, and it's only for the stone mages or the stone guard, the battalion is one of the two cows, the, a stone mage, and up to three units of stone guard. So you've already got these three units. You're doing it to all of them. And then they can um, they can do uh, skin to stone with that, with that battalion, which means that uh, if they're near enough to a hero, they can reroll save rolls, but they can only pile in one inch. Yeah. Rerolling their four-up saves. Yeah. But they can only pile in an inch, which doesn't matter because you only pile in an inch. But then at the end, you push the whole unit back and move forward another inch anyway to yeah, get them exactly. off the, the, the objectives. For t- I'm just, it's crazy what you get extra with him for twenty points. Oh, and everything within uh, twelve inches just gets minus one to hit. Oh, that, that's that's right. We forgot about that. Everything. Oh, what is that? Which rule is that? Guardian of Hish. So the regular mount, the regular cow, it has a Stoneheart Shockwave. At the start of oh, that's right. an enemy shooting phase and at the start of any combat phase, you can pick one enemy unit within range of the Stoneheart Shockwave ability, which changes based on wounds. Um, it starts off at twelve inches. Uh, if you do, uh, if you do so, subtract one from hit rolls for that unit until the end of the phase. A f- unit cannot be affected by this ability more than once per phase. The named cow, it is just a passive oh, effect. Can we can we just point out that it's during the enemy shooting because it only affects the enemy. So you do it at the start of the enemy shooting phase and at the start of both of your guys' combat phase, any combat phase. Yeah. So this thing works. It's minus one to an enemy within this range. So that's just your constant and every combat phase. This combat phase, I call it. Then in my combat phase, maybe I'm calling it for somebody else. This shooting phase, I call it for someone who's shooting at me. This combat phase, I'm picking the person I'm in combat with. (laughs) Right, even in there. And then, as you pointed out, when you get to Guardian of Hish, it's just everyone within range. Every model within range. I'm not picking a unit. I'm picking everything that's near within a foot of me. Yeah. 
Of course you're minus one to hit. This is the mountain is moving. The ground is moving beneath his feet. Like it's the harder to hit. The sentience of Immetrica is coming after you. <laughs> it's like let's just let's let's appreciate that for a moment. It's crazy what that what you can get for twenty points for that. And like I said, I know you're excited to try Altharian because he's got all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, and I mean I love Altharian. Yeah, I mean the points I, I, I mean Altharian's great. He does a bunch of damage. You can't hurt him because he's not real. It's perfect. So after we're done recording tonight and I'm editing and getting the show out tonight, are you uh are you good are you writing lists? Is this what Probably you're doing? Probably while I'm waiting for Chaos Catalyst, yeah. Yeah. Yeah I'm playing a big minecraft mod pack waiting for things to happen so probably i'm super excited to see what you come up with and what i'm playing against what i'm really excited is to see what you write because the list you're playing against me one of the reasons we're playing this list is it's the list i already played four times so we have some so as i'm teaching you how to play the game i also kind of know what this is supposed to do so now that you're getting a feel for the game it's like okay well i want to try to do this and so i don't even know what's going to come at me uh, pro tip, me neither. <laughs> oh, I gotta build that black coach. Hey, maybe you don't. I gotta build that hey, black coach. Maybe I you really want to get that going. That's the last thing. That's the only model that I have for the Nighthorn army that isn't built yet. Everything will be built, and everything, and most of it has got at least. It's. Mo- I don't think there's anything that doesn't have at least some level of paint on it, except for the the named couple of named characters. That I, I was, was going to say the, the more Tark yesterday I didn't. Yeah, uh, Lady Olinder. No, but I because I've been waiting to play with them. But all of the rank and file at least have some something on them. They're all like this will be the first real army I've finished since uh, since I finished painting my Stormcast, and I never actually finished painting everything I owned. I just painted enough for my army. I was going to say this sounds a lot like when you finish painting your vampires but never finish painting them. Uh, well, that I have too many models. And when you finish painting your dwarves, except you never finish painting them. Yeah, well, sh- okay, shut up now. <laughs> this is the first <laughs> army. This is the one that's going to get done. This, this is, is the one? Yeah. I'm close. I'm really close. I got, like, one tray left. And that's it. And then the second one will be this army. Oh, yeah, because I want to paint your model so bad. Oh, and then I got the I got the. That new. was the most sarcastic sounding thing I've heard all no, day. No, I'm serious. No, that w- there's literally no sarcasm in that. You totally no, these, misheard that. These beaut. No, I totally understand. These models are beautiful and they look fun to paint. The problem is that I can't put brush to model, or else you know the Hague gives me a call. I am excited to paint this army. Like I know what I want to do. I've painted enough of the white with the stormcast on the inside of the cloaks, where I feel like I can do the white. Um, we know what the blue is supposed to look like, and then some of the other stuff, the stuff with the finer detail, I know I'm going to go in with some of those contrast paints. This is going to be a mix of contrast and regular, and I think I can do some decent tabletop quality with this um, rather quickly. I'm super excited about painting your painting your uh, your army up. And now that I got those fancy heads uh, to do the, the stone... Yes, Stone Guard. Stone Guard uh, conversions. Oh, yeah, I'm actually doing. I can't believe I'm doing conversions, but I'm so excited. This is so cool. Because they're gonna look rad. Is there is there anything else? I mean, look. I know you're listening to this episode, going, "Well, we didn't hear that much about the Night Haunt, and we look. Look, we were just we've been playing games with Realm Lords, and Harrison's learning how to play the game, and we're both sort of focusing on what Realm Lords can do. Because a, if I have to play against them, I like to learn how to beat them. Which isn't easy because I haven't so far. B, 
because they're rad. Yeah. And um, also, if I went to a tournament and Harrison didn't go and I decided to take his army because I wanted to play hardcore rather than play. <laughs> because you wanted to do well. Yeah. Then I Be- want to know what these things you can will. do, too. These, these are, this is a good army. It's good. We had so much fun. We had so. I mean, you I mean, you did have fun, right? I mean, yeah. We're going to be, I mean, we put everything away because Thanksgiving is tomorrow and we need the room. But I know once we get all our Thanksgiving weekend stuff done, we'll be back down here with the table set up during the week next week. And once we're both out of school for the day, we'll so be like one o'clock. Well, no, I got office hours. So after like three, but after like uh-huh. three o'clock, boom, there we are. In fact, office hours, I, you know, well, we probably, you know, if I got all my grading done. Office hours, I just have to have it open in case a kid shows up. Best part about all up. this is I most days I have like one class I have to go to, at le- and it's done at noon. This is awesome. Dude, I can't wait to play this. I'm so, I am so, and I'm so glad that you are enjoying this. That's the biggest thing is that you're playing this, and it's like you kind of know that it's not that it's, you, you got a little bit of a leg up, but you're new to the game, so you're taking it. No, and I mean, if I'm getting a leg up, I will. I I bought this army before the leg up ever anyone ever knew it existed. So no, and, every, and everyone knows that everyone knows that this is the army I was picking, regardless of its quality. Literally, so I don't the, mind. Literally, the day the pictures dropped, I sent them to you at work, and then Jerry sent them. to I you was five literally later. sitting. I was literally sitting there at work as the pictures were dropping, and I'm like, "Yep, there they are. There they are." And look, people who are in the store are already telling me that they're coming. That was so funny too, because you were like, "Because I was Dad. literally," and my my buddy Jerry, who knew I was doing this, was literally sitting there. He's like, "Oh my god, pictures are dropping. Pictures are dropping." Yeah, and that was yeah, and then you sold your old high elf army, and we found a, a person. Not only a great, not only do we, but it's someone who actually plays still with square bases, so they don't need to be rebased. They, sorry about the paint job. Wait, you know what? That's or, or in honest, in all honesty, mostly lack thereof. <laughs> But yeah, and then you got all that from selling your high elves, and I bought one box for you that was yeah everything else. Oh, I did trade some. I did do a trade of some of my stuff for a couple for some more things for you. But for the most part, you what you were playing with is everything you bought. The stuff that you haven't played with any of the stuff that I traded. It's nice. Someone's someone's been acting like a little personal shopper for me. It's really good. It's really good. I'm excited to play it. Now I just got to sell that orcs and goblins army. I have 185 night goblins, Harrison, plus a lot of old orcs that nobody wants hey, to use. Hey, you want to paint them all? No. I just want to sell them. And I got a bunch of, uh, what, squigs on, squig hoppers, the guys riding the squigs. I got a bunch of those. Sure. And then there's, uh, what is it? It's mostly orc boys after that and some characters. And I do have the- It's like, not even the interesting models. No. God. Well, and the, the boys- this sucks. The <laughs> boys aren't even, there's no, there are known. Like, there, uh, there's the, 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 the orc book, like, unless you're playing Legacy, Old Orcs and Goblins, which I don't know if that's a thing, because um, I don't really pay attention to this game as much as I should, um, the- the orc war clans there are no orc boy models like the the you're either you're either playing savage orc stuff that came out in 8th edition you remember the savage orcs mm-hmm, obviously or was they savage orcs or was that age of sigmar that might have no, been age savage orcs have been that's around right. for a while uh, that's right so you play the savage orcs savage orcs were around when we started playing in 7th <laughs> yeah but then they came out with the new models that's right and then they got rad yeah um 
or you're playing with the uh, the other ones, which are the brutes and all the new ones, the really big orcs. In fact, the Ard boys are the are like the little rank and filey ones for that. Didn't we get? Didn't we have a voicemail about power creep today? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, I'm just glad that I'm able to get rid of some of this old stuff and get you some things. And um, I'm just so excited. I just, I, and I know I've said it 50 times, but it's like we can play, and it's fun, and we live here. And in the a, in the age of quarantine, having a player who lives in your house with you is a crazy benefit that a lot of people don't have. This is what Chris yeah, Hughes was like yeah, when he we're plays a, with We're a sons. lot better since, you know, we don't have to do like AOS by mail or whatever. <laughs> Correspondence AOS, is that a thing? Is no, that what I people don't have think done? so. A lot of people just play online. They set up that those online versions of ways to play. I was going to I was going to have I thought I could mail people my moves. No, that's not how that works. But this is what Chris U does with his boys when they play 40K. They get one night a week that the boys just all pull out their armies and they all get to play 40K. And I'm like, oh, well, look, now we get to play games. And this is going to be cool because if we play a couple of games every, every – if we play at least a game every week or maybe two games once we set it up, we'll probably play two. Hey, you might actually, like, start knowing what you're talking about. I'll learn how to play this game and I'll <laughs> actually have <laughs> – Alex some, will be so happy. I'll have something to say during the during – the Imagine that. He comes he comes back from his little time off and he's like, whoa, when did you learn the rules? Well, he had one – and one episode is not time off, but, yeah. Yeah, when did I learn the rules? And then he finds out I've been playing the game wrong the whole time. You know that's not how that works, right? Oh wow! You totally didn't learn the rules. Got it. So, yeah, but uh, wow, Marathi rules are coming up next. Uh, those armies got a cool boost. Marathi Kane is awesome. I can't wait to talk lore and war about that coming up. But God, I just I keep looking at this Realm Lords, and I know there's got to be other armies because I mean there's people who play things that I don't play. I know that the over Caradron overlords with all their shooting and stuff they might be able to mess you up if they drop in and get those characters on you do people play them oh yeah oh i didn't expect that they're actually pretty good in fact fenske was playing them and then they got a new book and they got even better and it became like if you took a i know there's a couple of lists in there if you're going to go with a heavy shooting where it's it's kind of it's a little filthy they they win a lot um, I, yeah, I, I don't think I get to complain about that at all. I think they would be a decent... <laughs> Considering think, that, the, that the Brian the Hobby Killer list is a bunch of archers, and that's about it. Well, no, he, you got, he's got his spear. He's got well, yeah you, need, you, yeah, you need your spears, obviously. But, but what I'm saying is... Let's talk about where the I points are. I think Overlords could be a good counter to this. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, Skaven's really good, I think. At least when I played against it, it was really good. Um, Zinch is still pretty good with a lot of magic in there that can go against you. I think there's a. I think there are several that's counters. A, that's someone I would need. Bi- I would need big T for several, and maybe not. I don't know. But I think there are several lists. I just. I was surprised that I was able to give you such a run for your money on that objective. The the three the shifting objectives with Night Haunt. I I I mean two granted, games. What two games? I still. I mean, dude, I won four games in a row with this army, and we all know that I'm not good. And I won four games that never went past the top of turn three. Against people who are pretty good. Against people who are good. Against armies that were good. 
And uh, that's what I'm doing. This, and I'm not taking away from your two wins. I'm saying you no, don't even no, know how to play the game, it. and you won the first two games. That's the thing. Like I, you only gave me a run for my money, and the the analogy I said earlier was it's like I'm sitting down to play chess, and I don't know how any of the pieces move anymore. Right, and you still won. I mean that last one with the. Oh objective. wait, I guess I guess this is checkmate. I mean, if cool. the objective had shifted to my side instead of yours, I think I might have been able to win that second game. But with those, uh, with the points, I, I think mean, we mapped it out because I already because I beat you by it was a bunch. The, it was no, it was the last turn, and basically it was like if you can get these guys here, you'll have eighteen, and I can get I, up, and I'll have seventeen. Yeah, it was. I had to move my dawn riders, and again, I had like three command points. I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to be moving twenty because I'm going to run a full six. And right, and and you only need to move eighteen to to lock on that. And it's like, okay, so you won eighteen to seventeen. You went eighteen to seventeen on those on those on the points, yeah. which was really close. And I was doing pretty. If it was, if it wasn't, I might have been able to pull off a charge with the pikes. I might have been able to do some. Well, and unlike that stupid where I just had to charge you and it was done at the bottom of turn two because, oh, like, seventy five percent of my army was deleted. Here, you lost about half of your army. Yeah, I've. Again, my dice. But I think you only lost dice like are two, comically bad. I think you only lost like one or two units, though. I lost two. I lost both the units of bows, bows and one cathalar. And a cathalar. Your 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 pikes were were worn down. I lost down. about half my pikes. But yeah, I mean, about sixty percent of my horses. Stone guard untouched. You did kill the cow, though. That's that right. Did I happen. killed the cow. I lost the cow every game when I played the four games. Everyone just charged up and managed to kill the cow. I like failed all my saves. And everyone was hitting it with their crazy stuff, and they took him down. But I still think this army's great. It looks good. It plays really hardcore. And I'm going to have a fun time. I, you know what's fun about it? I think this sums it up real quick, and then we'll just kind of end it on this. Is You're still learning to play the game, and right now those things, they're giving. there's enough benefits to this army where... It's giving you that boost you need, and I think. But once it's you really lot, learn how to play, it's a lot it, like when I first l- picked high elves, where it's like, okay, this army's very forgiving because it always attacks first, and it's like, oh, this army's very forgiving because it's very, very good. Yeah, I think it's just a you know two sides of the same coin. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying learning, trying to beat it though. I'm enjoying trying to pick apart this particular army and see how what things I can do with the armies I have to take it apart. And that's been Well, that's really the fun. big thing is this army does not have a lot of tools. Like, it's because it's only got a couple units. There's not much, like, if there's something that, like, just, that come if there's something that it comes out and it just, like, it'll destroy, like, your, your Cathalar protection setup or something like that, there's not much else you can do about that because it's not like you can swap out those units for something else. You have five units and only one of them, the, sto- the Stone Guard, do you even have a choice of weapons? Yeah, you don't... You either have hammers or diamond... You have stratum hammers or diamond pick hammers or whatever they're called. So you got the big, the big hammers and... The- we pick diamond pick hammers because they're like... Mediocre sun metal weapons, which is nice. Yeah, it's it fit the and rest also, of the theme. They look less like hammers, and elves don't have hammers. So, so there well, you go. I didn't say anything. So, but there you go. You've literally got five different units. So it it, it it you don't have as much to memorize and figure out because they're only doing so many different things. It's yeah, but it's like there's less there's less. T- 
tools in the box. Right. You just I have mean, to make you just have to units. make a, you just have to make them work a little bit better. Oh, and they work good. They work well already. Oh, they work good. You just gotta. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's wrap this up. Harrison, thanks for coming on. I know you were a little nervous in the beginning, and you can almost hear it in your voice when I was listening to you. I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope he's doing okay. Oh boy. Did you have fun? I, I did. Mean, yeah. Okay. Good. No, good. Because, like I said, I was worried you weren't having fun there in the beginning when we were talking about the differences. Because talking about a game you played five years ago to now, even then, had kind of messed you up a little bit. And then, but once we got into talking about the actual games we played, you're like, this is it. I get it. My are my bows are stupid. They're really stupid. That is a pretty good way to put it. <laughs> All right, but uh, so good. And uh, maybe uh, if we get a few more games or something, maybe you'll want to come on. If well, we got those board games we got to play, and we'll do some garage gamers on those. I, I know you'll always come back for garage gamer. Yeah, gee, don't sound too excited about having to do garage gamer. No, I'm just saying. I know you'll. I know you'll come back for that, even if you don't play too much or want to do too much with. Uh, the other new books that come out and stuff if you're just kind of focusing on playing your army. But I'm excited. I'm excited. And thank you so much for coming on and doing this. No and problem. now you're no old. I, I think the Phoenix Prince doesn't really work anymore. I think you're going to... Well, also, like, Phoenixes don't exist, and, you know, the Phoenix King isn't a thing, and all that So you could be the jazz. Phoenix King, though. Hey, they're bringing back people. For, they just brought back... Um, well, Sigvald, lots of people can exist. Eltharian's here, even though he's just a go. Even though he totally got uh, Alphonse, uh, he did Alphonse get Elric, Alphonse Elric. But he's still. But hey, it made him better because he. Why can't we have a Phoenix King be somewhere? You don't have to be techless. You could just be some general that they call the Phoenix King who seems to remember because stuff. Because who's going to be in charge of the elves? The literal god who's literally right here. Or some guy. Well, I mean, they got different towns. They have to have leaders in those towns. The elves still have can have kings and nobility and stuff, even though they defer to Teclas. It's not Teclas king of them. He's just a god mage. I mean, he's just a god well, mage. Well, he's doing. He's got that. You just fish. said he's just a god. He's got bigger fish to fry than just running the country. He's got to go out and stop bad things. Yeah, but elves nope, are inherently tied things. to the fate of fish. Stop bad things. So, all right. Um, Okay, folks, until next time, I want to thank you all for listening. And I want to especially thank our sponsors, Chaos Work Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognard Games. And uh, also the uh, our Patreon sponsors, those 1% who make this and everything we do possible. That includes Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie, Mike Paulstian, and Big Jake as our associate producers and our executive producer, Colin Miller. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I will be back probably in just a matter of days with the next episode as though at the rate I'm getting these things out properly. Um, until then, folks, uh, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.